Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 191 of the No Podcast. We are no outside food or drink. The Southeast most incompetent uh, Twitch broadcasting <laughs> troubleshooting. <laughs> uh, we are the Southeast Premier Video Game Podcast. I'm alluding to technical difficulties before the start of the show. As usual, we're not streaming this one, but we said the hell with it. We got to get this content recorded for our uh, average 45 to 50 per episode listeners for our podcast, which was key. Uh, this week, take two set to spend a lot of money. Online only E3 in 2022, question mark. Brant puts question marks in there for me now. Sega establishes new studio, Susu Studio. Is Armored Core set for a return? Another question mark. More Assassin's Creed games come to Switch. Which ones could those be? Find out later. And we have a date for Kirby and the Forgotten Lands uh, release, and it is sooner than you think. Also appearing sooner than you think, alongside myself, Richard Bergman, is Brant McKee, Newsmaster. Yep, just not on Twitch or YouTube at the moment. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Brent. Well done. <laughs> also not currently on Twitch or YouTube, uh, Cesar Concepcion the second. Oh, how's Welcome it going? To the I, show, sir. I'm secretly recording myself on uh, Daily Motion. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Brent is on Vimeo. <laughs> Other avenues where people cannot see us and locate us there as well. So. <laughs> Every time I see a Vimeo thing pop up, I'm like, wait, who uses this? I guess it's a viable platform. Daily Motion is like used to illegally stream subtitled anime from European countries. So okay. it's a very specific use case. Well, because I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna derail and, get, and go off a whole tangent, but like, there's an anime I've watched that we only have 12, 12 episodes available, and they have OVAs for it, and we never got the Blu-ray releases for the OVA. So I was like, well, let me see if I can find it online. Lo and behold, nobody had it but Daily Motion, but it was all subtitled in French. And I was like, ah, you know what? I tried. So I was like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't watch those final three episodes. So I just had to be sad about about it. So you just hold it up uh, with the Google Translate, like frame by frame. <laughs> you pause every screen. I, that would make me hate the show. And I, I, it was bad enough where I was like, I want to see these final three episodes. Let me scour the internet, you know. And then I was like, I, that, that was all I could get was that. And I was like, oh. did you read a synopsis somewhere? Like, how did this, how did this journey end? I gotta know. No, I, I just the, the manga's done. I'm just I'm just buying the manga. Um, they got me. Those fucking bastards got me. They got you. You read the paper form instead of the the motion picture. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have to. So you got the printed pictures. All right, let's jump into this news. We're already behind. Let's catch everybody up. Uh, Take Two Interactive to acquire Zynga, home of uh, is Don Matrix still at Zynga? <laughs> <laughs> then he leave there. Uh, I know he made a, a hasty retreat from Xbox to Zynga at one point, but honestly, I didn't know they were still around. They were so big like 10 years yeah. ago. Uh, this comes from Saurmano at Gamatsu. How has he not hired anybody else at this point? He's doing the Lord's work, I guess. Um, the deal is valued at $12.7 billion. Uh, take, two, take Two Interactive will acquire Zynga in a deal valued at $12.7 billion, the company's announced. The acquisition is expected to close during the first quarter of Take Two's fiscal year 2023, which ends June 30th, 2022. According to Take Two Interactive, this transformative combination establishes it as one of the largest and most diversified mobile games publishers in the industry. I think the joke I saw out there was the GTA um, owners bought what Farmville or uh, Zynga's portfolio includes CSR Racing, 
customer service relations racing. Empires and Puzzles, Farmville, Golf Rival, Hair Challenge. <laughs> so sorry, how, how's that coming? How's your, <laughs> your save file on Hair Challenge? I'm teasing. It I have no clue what Hair Challenge is. I, uh, I, when you said CCRs, I was thinking of uh, Green's Clearwater Revival. I was like, yeah. wait, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, did they buy the band? Was that part of the sale? It's, uh, <laughs> I had to go look it up. Racing. I was like, no, there's no way. Uh, Harry Potter puzzles and spells. High heels! Exclamation point. Merge dragons! Exclamation point. Tune blast. Toy blast. Words with friends. Oh, another one I know. Okay, I know Farmville and words with friends. Zynga poker and more. We're thrilled to blah blah blah. Zynga CEO Frank Gibbo added, combining Zynga's expertise in mobile next generation platforms with Take Two's best in class capabilities. Blah 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 blah. It's a bunch of handshaking stuff. Uh, what will we see your, out of this? Uh, uh, your office meeting that you always love. Yeah, <laughs> <Just> shaking <laughs> the hand like they actually won something <laughs> or achieved something. Uh, this is this is like two big players, right? This is a twelve point seven billion dollars. Isn't exactly a a small shakeup. Oh. Uh, what is the what do you think the end goal is for this? Like a world class GTA online mobile experience. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing here. Are they integrating uh, when you fire up GTA 6, are you going to play Tomb Blast on there? I'm like, when you get to a TV, is that what's happening? I don't, I have no clue. I mean, maybe they're just going to walk to a computer and have like, oh, let me do this words with friends. <laughs> Farmville in GTA. Yeah. Can y'all hear me okay? Or am yeah. I too low? Yeah. yeah. You hear me fine? Yeah. I mean, you can play golf and do all sorts of other things in GTA. Why not sit on your couch and play Farmville? Yeah. In GTA. Look at my bubble. I'm not lighting up like I always was. What do you mean, your bubble? My normally, uh, normally his Skype thing is uh, constantly flickering. Like, it's always uh, doing some kind of feedback. You see how, like, my little square is, is white because I'm talking right now? But if I stop talking, it goes away. You don't see that on your side? It goes nope. around your image. Brent nope. has the Brent has the Mac Skype. I got Mac ah, Skype running that, that Mac Skype. Mine always. Uh, so Brent, there's a there's a box Brent, Brent, around is, the active speaker. Is your MacBook breaking everything? <laughs> it shouldn't be. It's it not be. that because he and I streamed. He and I streamed Donkey Kong. It's yep. been like two years, but but my gain. I just happened to look. My gain is like through the roof. So I don't know if that's gonna mess with the recording or not. But if y'all hear me fine, if nothing changed on that end, I don't think anything changed on Skype's end. I mean, worst case scenario, we're re-recording the episode this weekend. So yeah, seven minutes in, I made a change, but I just got to thinking. I was like, maybe, maybe somehow that got bumped or something. So I turned it down, and my white window that was always like just going, 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 it just stopped, and I just, I was silent for a minute, and it didn't do anything. So yeah, it looks good now. You know, I don't see I know. you lighting up. It's crazy. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what broke it the whole time. No, we're not. We're not doing that. We know that's not it because every time we do that. Then... Oh, dear God. Troubleshooting. It never ends, people. Uh, thank you for bearing with us. We're always trying to improve your experience. We're fine. We hear each other fine. Our recording is fine for our audio publishing. It is all about your experience. <laughs> That's honestly <laughs> it. And we're tired of hearing Renee gripe to us. Uh, Renee, thank you for always listening and tuning in. We appreciate your patronage. Uh, take two, $12.7 billion purchase of Zynga. And now I want to know if Don Matrick is there or not. Someone tell us about this online E3 while I find out where Don Metric went. <laughs> uh, so very, 
very easy. It's Don Patrick um, at E3. <laughs> he's always he he never left. He's still there. The former CEO of Zynga. Wait a minute. Uh oh. Where'd Live he go? Correction. Where'd he go? Uh, at only 17, he founded something, something, no. On Ju- July 1st, 2013. So that was like a month after that. No, that was... The disastrous Xbox One show was May 20... May 21st. June 19th. May 31st was the... May 21st was the first, like, uh-oh, what is this thing? June 19th at E3 is when they shit the bed with the always online. Yeah. And he famously said, because people are asking, what if you want an Xbox that doesn't connect to the internet? He says, we have that Xbox. It's called 360, <laughs> which did not go over well for anybody. And less than two months later, he was at Zynga. Uh, by 2015, Zynga was struggling to make the intended gains in the mobile market. And on April 8th, 2015, it was announced that Matrick had resigned as Zynga's CEO effective immediately. I mean, he got paid in those other roles, so he probably took his stuff and yeah, he's on a beach somewhere. He's 57. All right. Tell us about E3, Brent. We've had our uh, Don Matrick update. Uh, this on. article is from The Verge. Um, uh, Kim Gutenberg. Uh, Eve or the Bible? Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That is also that only online. Oh, God. <laughs> um, we but, got our Gutenberg uh, press on with his news. <laughs> E3 uh, 2022 uh, will be online only. Of course, uh, as the past couple of years, um, they're c- citing uh, the surge in cases of uh, COVID with the new variant Omicron. Um and their their statement literally just says, you know, do the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 uh, and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees. E3 will not be held in person in 2022. Um, they had planned to to hold the event in person. And now I know there's kind of some rumblings saying that they've actually kind of decided that it wasn't going to be in person even before Omicron was starting to come along and um this this article does uh even mention that even after that announcement that it won't be in person uh Jeff Keighley did announce the return <laughs> of Summer Games Fest like eight minutes after that official E3 <laughs> yeah. ESA tweet, <laughs> but oh, this is—he's like you guys said. He's just—he's waiting his time until that E3 name's up for sale, and he's gonna buy it and jump all over. This is kind of an ongoing thing, though. It's—it seems like E3 has um, been struggling in um, relevance. I mean, it was several several years ago. I mean, kind of Nintendo dropped their overall presence i mean they yeah. still had like a little bit there you still have a direct window and they yeah. have they have booth space you're right you're right but they but, didn't do the whole stage production and miyamoto with the sword and all that stuff and then shortly after that um sony just completely left everything um yeah they they took they their ball the weird, and went home they did the weird four game tent thing where they led people through like ghost of tsushima exhibit and uh brant's all-time favorite game days gone exhibit <laughs> 
Uh, and then Microsoft, is it Microsoft that move across the, street, uh, across the street? Like they have an official, it's like a Microsoft theater or something. So why would they pay for yeah. this rental space at, at the, um, it's not the Staples Center. Where is this at? Cesar, the I actually blame the Microsoft you. theater. The Microsoft theater is where yeah. Microsoft does their show at. Uh, Cesar, I'll blame you for killing E3 because you were going to go out to one and then they've never hosted one <laughs> since you were threatening <laughs> to go out there. I was I was actually planning to go with you. I had I, get, I had convinced the missus. I was like, we already did this test run with the Halo thing. It went well. I think we can do this. We missed it, man. We, we would have got, gotten in the last one. But it's not. Yeah, we would have. But it's not like it was, as Brant yeah. said. It was already trending in other directions. It's not like when we were growing up, it was this huge burst of news. You just got this flood of news, and you would see these screenshots of these crazy boots and uh demos set up and e3 or e3 would cover it g4 would cover it and you would hear you know you would have stuff on GameSpot, and you know that's where like the first video feeds you would get these little trickle trailers that you'd take 30 minutes to download and then it got to be like live coverage from the floor not just magazine screens and it was that whole transition like as we were growing up and and discovering more about games and going online and all that kind of stuff so we have this i think we have this like deep nostalgia for that sensation and that feeling. But we get news all the time. We literally yeah. talk about four or five relevant news articles. They're not E3 bombs, but we talk about three to four or five relevant news bits every week. It's not just scraping together something to talk about. It is, well, sometimes <laughs> sometimes they are. <laughs> but there's, you know, it's legit things that would normally be kept for this this convention this meeting of people to announce game stuff and now they don't need that platform anymore so we get yeah. no. we get state of plays we get nintendo directs we get uh the microsoft 20th anniversary thing which was really well done so i mean I all that would happen in this year's uh, e3 is we would have got all these nft announcements back to oh back, gosh. back to back no fucking thanks <laughs> that's my <laughs> but i'm 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 with you richard i mean i remember Growing up, E3 was a big part of summer. Yeah, it was a huge part, a, a huge highlight of the summer. Being able to sit down and watch all, all you know, those days and days of uh, of conferences and gameplays, and that's where everybody would go to show off, you know, or reveal new hardware, um, big titles, you know, being released and, or launch new hardware. The Saturn yeah. came out at E3. <laughs> Which I mean, was the, the Wii, the Wii was shown off uh, during E3 and um, just everything was it. It was it was so well done. And then, you know, years and years, like you said, it's just we get flooded with more information daily. And these companies see that they can, you know, through social media, through these other avenues, they can produce um their own content on their own time. Right. Um, and have way more that, eyes than 500 people in a theater or however yeah. many can pack in there before they, they you know, publish their magazine screenshots. Mm-hmm. They don't have this. They, ha- they don't have to have a huge bloated budget and sending people out there and um, worrying about onstage complications and all, all these mis- any some of those mishaps. Stories, or... Some of those stories are so good, though. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> Do you remember the Uncharted 4 one where they just had to restart the demo? Yeah. Uh, Cesar and I were in the theater watching that one. Really? We weren't at E3, but it was a live that live stream that year. They were. It was like Nate walking through the crowd, and then the game just stopped. 
and then they, it it backed up like two or three minutes, and you saw Nate walking through the crowd again. They like yeah. they had to restart the demo in real time. But some of those some of those are really great, and some of the games that would be shown off at those shows that never saw the light of day, like that was a cool part of trying to find funding. I guess that's the indie space now where they're trying to find funding for games, and they'll be yeah. pitching it to bigger. You know, so but how many of those like backdoor meetings and things like that do we ever actually witness or see? You know, you would hear outlets saying we saw some cool stuff behind closed doors, but it wasn't anything that we we got a hold of until months later. So I, I think it's just it's the it's the experience of having all the people together. I think that's another big thing. Like we have kind of attached to some of these personalities. Like, uh, I'll always bring up Jeff Gersman and Giant Bomb. They always did such a bang-up job at E3. They would interview random people. You would have a couch with, uh, you know, an old writer from GameSpot and Phil Spencer and uh, a developer at uh, 2K Sports. And it would just be random people, and they would just have this, like, candid conversations about random stuff. And that was always the real cool blending of, of genres and developers and that kind of stuff. So, And, and I the online development scene is apparently difficult where we've seen a lot of delays in games. I think we're going to continue seeing that because it yeah. is more, it is more difficult to coordinate all that stuff. And when you're, when you're remote, when you have to collaborate as a team and artists and things like that. So, uh, Keeley's been doing a good job with the game fest and Jeff Grubb has his game mess or whatever he calls that thing. <laughs> and, you know, everybody keeps, it may not be the same thing in name, but that spirit of like those couple weeks in the summer are still are still very valid, and we still look forward to it. And the, I mean, the Keeleys are like at E3 in July. You have a bunch of, except for this year, you have a bunch of big announcements and things like that. So, Cesar, so will you be mitch, missing it uh, much? And and I know none of us have been, so the in person thing is just us viewing it through a lens or a you know a screen in a magazine anyway. So it doesn't really change the way we consume this. No, I don't. I don't think so. So, yeah, there'll still be stuff announced, and we'll talk about it on the show, and we'll have the same. Oh my gosh, I can't wait! Or what were they thinking? Or what is DMC? That that doesn't look like my Devil May Cry. <laughs> Could it be the best one they've made? Uh, next up, Sega establishes Sega Sapporo Studio. It's a beer, isn't it? Uh, it is a beer. It is a city in Japan. A city in uh, Hokkaido. All right, this comes from Gamatsu and Saurmano, the writer of the year. Uh, Sega established a new software development and debugging studio in Sapporo called Sega Sapporo Studio on December 1st as its second development base in Japan, the company announced. Uh, Sega Sapporo Studio was founded to secure high-quality, stable development line in response to global expansion of the video games market. <laughs> sure, I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> At the studio, locally hired staff will design, program, and debug game software. I'm glad we know what they're going to be doing. <laughs> it was confusing. <laughs> uh, the studio is led by President... Here's the interesting stuff. By President and CEO Takaya Sagawa, who joined Sega in 1992. Pretty good time for Sega. And has worked on numerous titles, including the Yakutsuku and Sakasuku series. He was also the chief producer of Fantasy Star Online 2. In 20, April 2021, he was appointed Senior Corporate Officer of Sega. With nearly 2 million residents, the city of Sapporo offers numerous educational institutions such as universities and vocational schools, making it a hot spot for recruiting new talent. So I guess like in Austin, Texas, like currently with the tech hub and that sort of thing, like mm -hmm. up and coming. Uh, very cool. Look for more Sega. 
I like a strong Sega. I think gaming is good when there's a strong Sega. And right now we have a strong Sega. So yeah, a stronger Sega is not a bad thing. Uh, we just don't need a uh, an announcement we read where they're opening a competing Sega of America uh, studio. <laughs> and they may argue over future hardware. <laughs> and then uh, Sega of Europe studio as well. And just have all three regions go in different directions. <sighs> and uh, all the Sega Europe stuff is 50 hertz. Like back yeah. in the day. They're reverting back to the old PAL format. Uh, I've never played an Armor Core game, but I'm always curious about them. Someone please tell us about these Armored Core rumors from Sauramano Gamatsu. Yeah, so there's apparently there's some uh, first details and screenshots that leaked over reset error from a user called Red Licorice, which is a thing. Sounds uh, legit. Red, Red Licorice is just, uh, that's the name brand, right? What is that stuff uh, called? It's just called Twizzler. Twizzler. Twizzler, yeah. So, in the screenshots and videos were ID watermarked, uh, but the user was able to obscure the watermarks in the screenshots and share them publicly. Uh, all there was is four pages of four images. Uh, the two videos uh, he couldn't save yet, and no, no idea how even. That's weird. Huh? There, phrase that in here. Uh, but if we, what was this? Do I want to read the synopsis here and go through it? I'm I still hung I'm, up yeah. on red licorice. <laughs> Because Brant called them something else. We have Twizzlers here. What'd you call it? I said the Red Vines. Red They're like the, the discount brand. Oh, yeah, that works I like too. Twizzlers, though. Red, Twizzlers red Vines awesome. and Twizzlers. I like regular black licorice, but I can't find sugar-free licorice. It's a, it's a dream, sir. It's a Yuma. It always is. A description uh, featured in the survey is as follows. Uh... Melange or melange or whatever you want to call it, an unknown substance that could dramatically advance human society. In in the past, this substance caused a cosmic catastrophe. Ah, catastrophe. Ah, can't say that word. Skip it. On planet Bashtar and they engulfed the surrounding star systems. And eventually, its very existence was lost. Decades later, the melange god, fucking whoever wrote this lore sucks. Re- reaction was confirmed again We're on find planet Bashtar. <laughs> and search of the unknown substance. Holy shit, what we're talking about. That should have been lost. It sounds like a Metroid-ish weird story here with stuff that disappears and should have been gone. Um, various speculations begin to swirl. Various parties are getting involved and the government corporations, cultists, and unknown mercenaries and the protagonist is one of them. Game's a third-person <laughs> shooter. Uh, mecha action title lets you move around an overwhelmingly scaled map. That represents a, represents a unique sci-fi world with dynamic mech action. These descriptions. <laughs> face strong enemies and fierce battles, but both long, short range using guns and blades. Here, I, I'm not reading anymore. These I don't know what the fuck's happening. Man, these descriptions. It's like the game studio. The new Sega game studio will develop, debug, and market. And I'm like, what? What are we reading? A unique sci-fi world with dynamic mech action. It's like everything has been condensed to some sort of like super synopsis, super watered down <laughs> synopsis that has to go below the box at Toys R Us or something. Uh, what do I want to play? Uh, yes, mech, open world, guns and blades. Mm, that's up there. So what you type in uh, your Google search history and hoping it brings it up, right? <laughs> yes. And then it's just, uh, it just says noun, melange. <laughs> Long I don't know what the hell is this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a key part of this that they add later on the key features: the sci-fi world has been created by Hidetaki Miyazaki from software's unique and deep sci-fi worldview and multi-layered story. That's all we that, need is a Dark Souls of Armor Core. So. Yep. 
It's robot uh, Dark Souls, right? The Dark Souls of the Dark Souls of Armored Core. Yeah. Would that please Armored Core fans? Were they kind of like we, that we, anyways? If we got hit uh Hitataka and, and the guy in uh forgot his name, the one who created Resident Evil together, and bam, there we go. Dark Souls of Resident Evil Armored Core games. Shinji Mikami. Yep. This, uh, and you're just running around with just one gun clip throughout the whole game. <laughs> and the boss, to make is, it last. the boss is murdering you immediately with oh. one hit. <laughs> Fuck this Save game. your bullets, Dark Souls style. You're just running around trying to figure it out. This game's too hard. It's unbeatable. It's just me throwing a controller on the ground. <laughs> and then the controller gets thrown from the ground oh. right back up at you. He's fighting you back. <laughs> I quit gaming. I'll, I'll, I donate my Xbox after that. Uh, uh, uh. Holy uh, shit. Short term or short term. Long and short range battles. Uh three dimensional dynamic action. Like every game after nineteen ninety six. I don't know. Um high degree of freedom and customization. All right, customize your armored core. Has anyone played an extensive amount of armored core? Mm, not really. PlayStation, uh yes. PlayStation Uno? Yes. Because that was when I was like they put on the damn demo disc and the guy ended up buying one from I think Agitech uh, published it at the time and mm-hmm. so is it Agitech? I always said Agetech, but I didn't know. I don't know, man. I'm mispronouncing. I'm calling something Malange on there. So like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I, I do with the incorrect pronunciation, Malange. Malange <laughs> range battles. <laughs> There's your title. Somebody's questioning my logic. Like, what the fuck no, are you talking about? Brent, that's not a title. People, people have to be able to read the title. <laughs> Malange. <laughs> that's part Malange. of the fun. Malange, Malange range. Malange. <laughs> they, they do note that it was uh, back in September of 2016 that from software <laughs> confirmed that there was, uh, they were working on a new armored core. Um, oh, they've said this already. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's. I guess been in the works, but who did they get cash from? Cause they were very niche for a long time. We're talking like three or four generations before they kind of hit it big with, uh, the demons, dark souls stuff. They're, um, they're owned by, uh, Katawaka studios, I think. Which is, Katawaka, which is like the, is that the, the brand? one of the largest distributors of, uh, light novels and anime and manga and all that type of media. They like got a piece in everything. If you look up something from uh, an anime, Catawaka probably owns the rights to it. They're like an outside of Shonen type deal. Or more like a publisher, like a Chicago times. Yeah. They they do like, they didn't keep on They do like everything. They got like, they legit like almost have the whole light novel market in Japan. Like, or Viz is Viz a better analogy. Viz is owned by two companies. It's owned by Shonen Jump and then Shokugan, I believe, which does the other, which is the Weekly Sunday Comics, which is the other big competitor in Japan. But they actually oh, the funnies. joined up together. Uh, they do the funnies. They joined up together and, and formed a company, Viz, over here so they can retain their IPs. So. Gotcha. All right. Red Licorice. Uh, as for the title of the game, Red Licorice said the survey listed... A choice of titles for the game, so I guess that hasn't been decided on. Most of them were Armored Core, colon, something, including just Armored Core and both Armored Core 6, Armored Core 6 and numerals, and other subtitles. I can't remember, says Red Licorice. Some of the choices didn't include Armored Core in the name at all. They didn't remember any of those. <laughs> Thank you, Twizzler slash Red Vines. Sounds like they just got a dartboard and it's like, all right, we're going to call it one of these. 
Whatever we throw in there, Armor Core something. Wasn't Malange. one of the other... Malange. <laughs> Armor Core Malange. Armor Core Malange. <laughs> Red Liquor Tradition. I guess Malange is a stupid title. Featuring more Twizzlers. Just looks like, like Malange. Twizzler um, endorsements all over that game, all over your mix. You get a pack of Twizzlers with pre-order? I, I, I'm considering pre-ordering now. Double XP. Sounds good. With the Twizzlers. Yeah. Uh, single XP with the red wine. I'm looking up this word just to see if it actually is something or if it's something they made up. Oh, my gosh. Melange. <laughs> well, why, while you do that, I guess. A mixture, uh, a medley, a melange oh. of tender vegetables and herbs. <laughs> Sounds like that's right. <laughs> okay, so that's the code name. That makes that makes sense. Gotcha. The unknown substance is they didn't know what to do with this armored core, and they were like, "Fuck it, let's make it Max. Let's make it Dark Souls. Let's make it Resident Evil. Let's make it a, a melange. It is melange. It's, let's make it a melange of game types." There you go. But who wants uh, who wants another game release in uh, February? Because you're getting uh, it. There's nothing. There's nothing me, coming out that month. It's a graveyard. Yes, we need something to play and make it new and something not available on three other PlayStations. It's literally one of the... It's, the there's <laughs> like a freaking mansion with the Boo Ghosts and there's nothing in that month of February. Mm. Well, and as we know, when you go in the mansion with the Boo Ghosts, there's lots of <laughs> shit in there. As long as you look the right way. Yeah. Well, coming this February, you can get a chance to replay... Assassin's Creed Ezio Collection. Oh, I heard those are good. Yeah, and they're releasing it on Switch this time uh, on the 17th of February. That's the only thing it's not on yet, right? Except the Wii U? Mm, yeah, I think so. so say, I think I've, the Wii U, though. Yep, there's my Ezio Collection right here for PS4. I have it for PS4 also. Um, they did announce that they just kind of dropped this uh, via YouTube. Uh, in a trailer, uh, the collection, of course, includes Assassin's Creed 2, um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Revelations. Um, just like with most Switch releases, there is a little bit of a catch uh, to this physical release. Uh, it's $10 more than the other platforms. Mm, that's, it's it 39 runs. 99 it runs at 720p um that's probably true you're forced to use motion controls <laughs> probably not but just like most of uh the rest of these titles that we get collections of uh assassin's creed 2 will be the only thing on the cartridge uh everything else of course will be a download surprising no one they did say that they are um, they have switch specific features such as, of course, handheld mode, uh, HD rumble, uh, touchscreen interfaced, and optimized HUD. I make fun of these, but I was playing the shit out of Black Flag. What was that? The start of 2020, I think. And I was playing it on Switch. I was playing the hell out of it. It was so good. I was about to say the. Um... The as far as story wise, I enjoyed um, the whole Ezio storyline probably the most. Um, and then out of all the games, I think the last one that I I really really played, um, 
and that was really fun was that Black Flag. Because I remember that was that was a launch title on PS4. It was a cross-gen. You could pop in your mm-hmm. PS3 disc and pay the $10. and That was a good Giant Bomb uh, stream where they were comparing the two. Because it wasn't that much. That was one where the performance was a big deal. Like, they looked yeah. kind of similar. I think it was native 1080p. But the performance of that over PS3 was was significant. It's good on Switch. I enjoy these. And I'm glad they're on another platform to go. It just... uh. I hope it's on the box somewhere. Like they've been, they've been pretty good about that. I oh, mean, it's, it looks it's on the box. the box. If you look at it that box, box, it's all over that box. Uh, okay, top good. Whole, look at the top of the box. It's like yeah, there's a huge banner oh, on the top of it. Look, go go look it up. Go look it up. It's like it's nine day. Okay, at least they're letting you know then. There's two films on here too. Cesar, are the films pretty good? Have you seen those? Yeah, the In, uh, embers. They both and... do the end of uh, Ezio. They show how he dies. Oh, okay. Spoilers. Lineage and Embers. No, I mean, no. Ezio's like, still alive. I mean, I say it took place like 400 years ago. He's yeah, gonna die. 2022. He's still alive. He learned to live forever. He got out of that animus and started running yeah. around. Apple of Eden's man. That's just crazy. What year is this? <laughs> I don't even know if we're even on that in the new one. So the current gen, like current timeline. I mean, yeah. Desmond's father still went there for. It sounds like the story's kind of turned into a mess at some point. There's no stories. It's yeah, they... RPG they, simulator now. Yeah. Apparently, I, I remember it being a thing, and they Ubisoft dropped the story because, I guess, people seemed disinterested. I mean, I I thought the whole <laughs> Desmond thing was, was pretty... Uh, was decent and I wanted to kind of see where that went. And then they just, at that one point they just dropped it and they, 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 they totally changed directions after the third game. And after that, they just went weird with the story after that. That, and that whole premise. Like nobody man. cares about the story anymore. It's like, yeah, cause you, yeah, you changed the whole it. dynamic in the third game. Yeah. You got weird with it. That whole premise. Like I know the first game is the roughest and not the one to start with anymore and all that kind of stuff. But I, I bought it day one. That was like one of the first next gen games that I was like, Oh yeah. Could not play this on this previous hardware. You have to have this. Um, myself and a coworker were at taking some work equipment to Buford or something, and we were in that Best Buy and got copies. Um, might have been, might have been Fry's. No, Fry's. Fry's did one of their like thirty dollar launch day specials, and then they were out because they got two copies. Yeah. And we went and tried to price match it at Best Buy, and they weren't having it. But we were like, we're buying this game. <laughs> <laughs> we got the PS3 one. And uh, that's still, I think that's a there's a really good version of that on the Series X. I think that's like the definitive way to play it now. It plays super smooth and like way upscaled and all kinds of stuff. It's just, it's rough. You can't do as much with it. But I just remember when they would show clips where it, uh, it's not SEO. What's the first one? Altair. Altair. Where he's like grabbing the things and like scaling up the building. And then, you know, you could pan around and then like eagle jump off of there and it just when you looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, and how it moved and all that. I just remember being blown away by that opening cutscene, and then kind of disappointed by the end of the game because you're like, wait a minute, there was no crossbow in that game. <laughs> I never unlocked the crossbow. What skill tree did I not chase? All right, last but not least for news, we're actually breezing along pretty good. I'm proud. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land scores March release date. New trailer appears. This comes from Ryan Craddock. At Nintendo Life. 
Nintendo has given upcoming Switch exclusive Kirby in the Forgotten Land a confirmed release date with our favorite pink puffball arriving on the eShop and at retail on March 25th. Initially revealed back in September, Kirby in the Forgotten Land as players joining Kirby on a brand new 3D platforming adventure with new locations, new abilities, and more to discover. Uh, there's also... Trying to get to the actual awesome tidbit. It's not in the story. No, the... Uh, uh, it's co-op. Yeah, it's co-op. The whole game's co-op. There it is. Uh, it's also been confirmed the game will support local co-op play with a second player joining the journey as Bandana Waddle D, who will be able to launch a variety of attacks using his spear, and it will feature a central hub called Waddle D Town, a place which will develop more and more based on the number of Waddle D's you rescue. Holy uh, shit, I've seen that name. <laughs> Waddle D, Waddle D, Waddle D. Waddle D and Waddle Dumb. Waddle D, Mangle, Mergel. Bullzer. Melange. Melange D. Uh, the co-op stuff looked really, really cool because I've always loved Kirby co-op. There was nothing like uh, in Superstar where you could take uh, one of the enemies and copy them and then player two was just that copy that you made. My brother and I played the shit out of Kirby Superstar with that two-player ability. It was a lot of fun. It still holds up, too. Mm. Yep, it still holds up. That RPG mode, man. I love that RPG mode. We got to get all the treasure chests and all that shit. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Kirby, we need another Kirby Superstar. If they're going to do... They, Kirby always gets these offshoots and this is... This is like a legit Kirby game. It's just in 3D, which has never been done. Even Kirby 64 was like a pseudo 3D, right? Yeah. 2.5. It's always been. Yeah, 2.5. That's right. So this is one of my most anticipated games this year. I'm really looking forward to this one. It just... And these screenshots and the new videos and stuff they showed off is beautiful. It looks really good. Oh. And, and they didn't put in fucking February. They waited a month. Thank God. Uh, it would have been nice. It's got nothing to play in February. Now we're just twiddling our thumbs till March. I was still waiting for the Breath of the Wild and the Horizon Zero Dawn rematch. So. <laughs> Pit them against <laughs> each other. I need actually need to start that game up. That's going to be my PS5 game, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start up the, the last Horizon and give it a go. I still need to beat Ratchet, though, too. It's also on my list. I don't think I'm far from that, beating Ratchet. Long game, man. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. where I left off, but I, I've i got probably 10 hours in it. I guess I could check. You're probably, like, right there. You're probably, like, hours away from it. Yeah. From, from what I remember, you're in that area where the gravity's real funky. And that's... Yes. That's yeah. pretty close to the end. There's, like, I think there's one more planet that you visit and then there's a little bit after that and then there's the final conflict there's new game plus on that right like i can go and and scavenge or i can go get the stuff afterwards i'm trying to remember it's it's been know. it's been a minute i can't i can't remember yes there is because you get two two additional weapons when you start the game over that's right. And then I can go find, well, can I go find like the same golden puzzle pieces or whatever it is to collect in this one that I, I didn't think get you, before? From what I've seen when I did the new game plus, uh, you restart the game from scratch. And just, it just, yeah, I think you carry everything you unlocked. Okay. I don't remember because I, I got everything as I went through the game, so I don't remember if I missed something that. I might just beat it to be done and then start the new game plus and then track down that trophy maybe later on because I, I think that would be a fun platinum. I think both of you guys got it. Because that was, mm, uh, I know I got close. I don't think I, I think I'm missing a, a few. Well, because one of the trophies is starting up a new game plus, isn't it, Cesar? You just have to get there and, to buy the additional weapons in new game plus mode. That's the, yeah. That's the problem. So, what's y'all's barometer on Kirby? 
anticipated, highly anticipated. Maybe we'll get a demo. Seems like we always get demos for Kirby games. Seems like a long-standing kind of thing. I mean, and Nintendo has been doing that with their um, Nintendo Online. I mean, they don't really advertise it as much as I think you know they should to you know create more buzz. But a lot of times they do put out these limited time demos on there. If you've if you've got the even the basic um, online, you don't have to have the expansion pass. No. I'm thinking about that expansion pass. I'd, I'd still, still, I'd still, still wait. wait. We have another Switch. And I want them to... They still have access to... Yeah, I'm not doing it. They still have access to plenty of games. They don't. They don't. They have no shortage of titles to pull from. What was I told the other day? Dad, we need something in our room. They got a Wii. They've got an Xbox. They got a Switch now. I can't remember what it was. Dad, we need something in our room. I can't remember what it made me laugh. I was like, what the hell's wrong with you? You're worse than me. No, it sounds like they are your children. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, I'm excited for Kirby. This looks good. A new take, too. I'm interested to see how the 3D works. I mean, it looks it looks good in action, but you got to get that feel for it and have it in your hands and see how it controls and how he, you know, how those abilities work and that sort of thing. It seems that that type gameplay is ripe for 3D action, though, and platforming. All right. Is that it for us in news? That's it. Games that played. Be the completion of the news segment of the show. Games played. Uh, I had a tinkering week a little bit, along with uh, another game that I was playing, which I'll touch on. But I've been threatening to do it for a long time and talking about getting all of us together to do this. But uh, in cleaning... I mean, you'll see some boxes. Well, the boxes are kind of hidden, but there's... Well, now they're not. You see all those boxes back there. So you put it down. <laughs> he's behind the master's blaster sleeve. Uh, <laughs> in cleaning the basement, I realized that I have 15 original uh, Xbox consoles. So this is the big uh, 20th and, you know, it's 20 years old, that sort of thing. So uh, the news has been out. It's been four or five years, I guess, that there, if you have a certain model of Xbox, the clock capacitor on the board is a cheap capacitor and it will burst and the with the acid like fluid stuff will yeah. get on the board and chew through it like start eating at it and so i've been putting this off and putting this off and i've got some xboxes that i i have so many because we have halo land parties right that's the only reason a madman would have 15 xboxes and um some of them didn't work already when we would hook them up for land parties and i just set it to the side so i've never actually opened one I've never dove in there, and it has always been listed as one of those kind of easy to mess with, easy to put a new hard drive in, that sort of thing, consoles. And I have now repaired four of them. Uh, two of them were the were the 1.0 models. Um, I seem to only have 1.0s or 1.6s. So what you do is you boot up the Xbox, you go to system settings, I think, or settings, the bottom, you know, you boot the Xbox up and you have the four options. You've got like memory, music, Xbox Live, and I'm pretty sure it's settings. Go all the way down to the bottom, click system info, and then wait for this scroll. You'll see like property Microsoft 2001, and you'll see this scroll, and you'll see kernel, and you'll see, you'll see K with a number after it, and you'll see B with a name after it. And that's your kernel and then your BIOS build. So your BIOS can be flashed with 
I think Halo 2 will update it. There's certain discs that will update that BIOS on that or the firmware on the hard drive on the Xbox. Yeah. But you can look up that kernel. Also, open up your Xbox brand if you're thinking about doing that. I'll help you if you if you because I have all the tools for it if you want to do this. But um, but if you're gonna check this out and see which one you have, look at that kernel, and I'll send you the sheet to look at to match it up, and then pop your disk drive out, and you'll be able to look at like the curvature of the opening of the disk, the disk drive as it comes out, and you'll be able to tell which uh which revision matches up with that disk drive too. So that'll help you. So what I've taken to doing is I've got these. I've got some green stickers, and it's not quite that Xbox green, but it's close. And so I'm putting a sticker on the front right of each one of them saying what uh, BIOS revision it is, what kernel it is, and what uh, hardware revision it is, and then, like, what's wrong with it and what I did with it and whether I took the clock capacitor off. So I'm kind of keeping these notes as I yeah. go on each on each Xbox. So two of them, the first one that I had was a launch model. It was built in October of 2001. Oh. So I'm like, I'm like, this is might be as old as they get and when i looked at it it is the first bios it's the first um it was the first uh kernel and everything like everything was the premiero <laughs> xbox it was probably somebody probably unwrapped it at launch and um it ran wonky i opened it up they're super simple it's if you're used to working at all with the inside of a pc you'll you'll be at home you'll it'll be super familiar You've got your uh, CPU, you've got the GPU, which are not big. They're almost like systems on a on a chip almost on these things. They don't have like crazy heat sinks involved. Uh, the fans were dirty on both. Um, the clock capacitor was bad on one of them. So I did have some leakage, but it hadn't affected anything yet. So I just, and I didn't solder it off the board. I didn't, I'm not to the level yet, I think, where I want to take the boards out. So I just got it down. I took the hard drive out. I took the disk drive out. Uh, the power supply is actually a big part of that Xbox. It's yeah, almost like the Dreamcast. Have you ever seen the Dreamcast power supply on the inside of that? It's mm-hmm. and a lot of people are saying take that out of the Dreamcast and that'll extend its life by getting out. It, there's just so much involved with that power supply for some reason. But that Xbox one takes up that whole, basically the whole right side of where you're <laughs> underneath your Xbox, and it's just massive. And uh, I was kind of nervous because I saw like this white uh epoxy almost was kind of mixed up in some of the in between some of the um capacitors and stuff and and i compared some more notes and i ended up opening up like five of them so i saw it on every one of them so it wasn't a big deal but uh i didn't uh desolder the clock capacitor uh i just wiggled it off like a tooth until i could kind of pull it up some and then i sniffed the bottom of it and and that was that uh just some backstory on the clock capacitor this it holds power to the clock in your xbox so if you unplug your original xbox and you had the date set uh the next time you plug it back in you won't have to reset the date but it only works for it's like 48 hours i believe it's either two days or two hours i know it's somewhere in that two span okay so by the time anyone's ever really going to be using that i don't think anyone has a daily i have a daily driver xbox but i don't power it up and use it every day so there's no sense in keeping that capacitor in there uh however the 1.6 boards the latest revision that they have, which actually has a video chip in it that won't enable 480p games on the Smilebit games. So you can't play Progressive Scan, Panzer Dragoon, Orta. Um, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. What are those other Smilebit games? Gun Valkyrie. Is Gun Valkyrie one of them that won't do 480p? There's like That's one or two. Game. There's one or two more. And it's only their games. Those are the only ones that don't do 480p on the 1.6. 
Because if you take that clock capacitor out, it won't boot. You have to solder a new one in there. But they apparently fixed that capacitor anyway. So that was something they addressed that that they didn't have to deal with. Uh, it's very neat and tidy on the inside. I dusted everything out. I, I cleaned the boards real good. Blew out the fans. Um, reseated all the cables. There's like two or three ribbons. It's not it's not difficult at all to get into. Uh, I had bought, I told you guys, I bought 10 uh, DVD belt drives because those belt drives get worn out. And um, they didn't fit. <laughs> the two, <laughs> So the two 1.0s I have are Thompson drives. And then I started doing more research. And those are apparently the only ones aren't compatible with this universal belt drive that I got. So what I did is I took, uh, one of them didn't have a belt at all. Uh, a gear on the inside had broken off when I, so it's sitting out on my table, it's open still. And I guess the belt came out of the disc drawer and then somebody lost it. So it's just, I've actually ordered some legit Thompson drives from a seller that I've worked with before. Remember I was telling you all about that eBay seller who had a ton of Xbox stuff for some reason. It's second yeah. chance gaming. Or yeah, it's second chance gaming out of New Jersey, and I've been I've been messaging them, and they they're like repairing some of their Xboxes too. So we I built a pretty good rapport with them. I I, I don't feel bad throwing their name out there, and uh, they said yeah, the Thompson drives they've got a little bit wider belt, so this one helps it out. So the one uh, you you can tell the drive belt is worn out because it'll be ovular, 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 ovular is ovular right? <laughs> this doesn't sound right. It'll be an ellipses. Yes, there we go. Uh, and the a YouTube account I follow called Odd Tinkerings, just a, somebody with black nitrile gloves fixing stuff and like repairing electronics. Uh, he said to boil it, so I boiled it in hot water and I got a I got back to a regular uh, DVD drive. And I never had so it, when I would try to open it up, it would stall. And so I'd pop the top of the Xbox and then the drive would come out. So after I did that and reassembled everything, took the clock capacitor out, cleaned everything, it's it's brand spanking new. It's flying. Uh, I cleaned it with my little CD uh, disc cleaner thing that I have. Um, I blew that out really good. I cleaned the lens when I was in there because the lens is exposed when you open up the DVD-ROM. And it just – it took one for me to kind of, sh- you know – poke around and try to figure out what pulled out of what. And then after that, man, I'm, I was rolling and I did three after that. I couldn't stop. I was excited. So the two 1.6s I have that I identified, I have other issues with. So that's like the latest revision and just my hot take from opening them. They are the worst performing ones and they don't do the 480p on those small bit ones unless you mm-hmm. mod it and, and force that through. There's a way to there's a way to go around it with that video encoder. And I've actually ordered none of my Xboxes that I know of are modded. I have not a single one. So I've got the little $10 controller to USB adapter uh, coming from Amazon. It was 10 bucks, And I've got a copy of Splinter Cell and a US, I got a thousand USB drives. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to put a mod on there and uh, just for like region free and, and maybe to install Halo and just kind of see how the playback looks on the, on the, you know, without using the disc and that sort of thing, just to, just to mess around with. So um that's my tinkering on that uh i've been talking about the oculus quest 2 recently and i saw a video on youtube i think it was john riggs and there is a virtual boy emulator on the oculus quest 2 so i've learned with the oculus quest 2 that there are there's three stores you have the official store where you buy you know this is where you get Beat Saber. This is where you get Moss. This is where you get uh, Ultra Wings. This is like the legit store. There's another store that is not the app. You can't just search in here. You have to like find a URL and try to send it to your Oculus from there called App Lab. 
and it's like early access, it's uh, demo stuff, it's developers publishing things, that sort of thing. And there's another thing called SideQuest, and it's like a pre-pre-store. And some of these apps that are in the normal Oculus store came from App Lab and were first published in the SideQuest. So what you do is you create a SideQuest VR account, uh, you put your Oculus Quest 2 in developer mode, which is like three clicks. It is the easiest thing I've ever done. And now I'm getting Oculus developer emails like, check out this new API we developed. <laughs> Here's an SDK for these uh, avatars in your game. I'm like, no, that, I just want to play Virtual Boy. Uh, but it lets you, that SideQuest VR lets you do, you know, sideload the Oculus um, if you don't, if it's something that's not on the store. So it's, it's, I've hacked many things and I've used, what was our, uh, what was our title that time? Alternate storefronts. I've yeah. used, <laughs> sometimes it's harder to get to the alternate storefronts or it's a little bit more of a loophole or you have to like, you have to put a mod chip in or you have to, there's some sort of hardware software modification you do, you have to do along the line. And that was not the case with this. It was, I was up and running. Uh, it's called, it's called Virtual Boy Go, I believe is the name of the emulator. Mm -hmm. And the ROMs are on archive.org, so it's not protected by anything. Those Virtual Boy, it's all 24 games that were ever released or not released. Waterworld was never released. And you load them up. Uh, you can play in the red and black, as God intended. Uh, national champions. <laughs> <laughs> no, Virtual Boy was, was uh, you know, you would get those warnings when you started a game. Brant, have you ever played Virtual Boy before? Uh, no, I have not. Cesar, do you remember playing one? Have we yes. hooked up mine? Have you played mine? I don't play. I haven't played yours, but I, I okay. borrowed one from a friend back in 95 when they came out for like yeah. a couple weeks. And I went through like six or seven games at a time. Yeah, because I, I mean, it, it famously crashed, you know, bombed out. They clearanced the blockbusters units came in that carrying case. You could get that like for twenty dollars or something. It was something stupid back in the day. I got my first one at um flea market i want to say and it, it wasn't more than 20 or 30 and then i have another one that doesn't have the lens cover and all that kind of stuff so i have a loose one that might get consoleized at some point but i only have i have mario tennis uh, my wario land got stolen i think i have a baseball one anyways i probably don't need to do anything with those anymore because this this virtual boy playback on oculus quest is impeccable it is so perfect uh, you don't have to play in the red and black. You can change it to like the Game Boy monochrome. You can change it to black and white. Uh, you can shrink the size. So when I first started it, you kind of had to look left to right to see the full screen, which is not how uh, the Virtual Boy would behave. Um, the killer app for that, I guess, was Mario Tennis. That was the first Mario Tennis game. And then Wario Land is really, really good. Oh my God, I played Wario Land for like an hour. And it's I, I think I'm not far from beating it. It's not a very long game. But it is so, so good, and they do such a good job. Uh, if you've played Mutant Muds on 3DS or Switch, uh, where you do a bunch of, like, switching in between the foreground and background, it's very similar to that. And they do a lot of really cool stuff. You know, in a Mario game, you can you can jump and find a secret block, and it'll have an item or something like that. In this game, it may be a thing. You see some stuff in the background, like coins and stuff, but it may be something that you jump on, and then you're able to jump into the background and run around as Wario. Uh, the audio, I've talked about the audio on the Quest 2 before, and it's, I've, I've yet to use headphones on the thing, because it's just been awesome. It's like they're they're positioned perfectly for your ears. And it the audio's perfect, there's no lag in the, in the emulation, and it's just, there's save states, 
you can quickly back out and load one of the other two games that are worth playing. So I tried Space Invaders. Um, these Virtual Boy games are a stretch. Uh, Space Invaders was not very good. Mario Tennis is good. It's just not deep. Think of the most simple Mario Tennis you can. And basically, it was just a demo for, like, the back and forth, right? So you would see the ball go up. You'd hit the ball. And the court would move slightly forward. Not, you know, Cesar and I were on, like, an 8 and 16-bit uh, tennis kick where you would hit the ball and the camera would track the ball all the way across the course and you wouldn't even see your player. So it's not that extreme because it, it is able to use that 3D to kind of zoom in and out. But it's a very, very basic, bare-bones tennis game. Um, not a whole lot of time to spend with that one. And the difficulty spike. I didn't get that far, but I remember the difficulty spike being like, fuck this game. It, it uh, gets, my brother, bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then you start getting a headache. But I never got a headache with this. Uh, it, it looks right. It's not the vector graphics on... or the, well, However it's emulating on Oculus Quest 2 is not... It's not the same simulation. But the, the emulator is built in there. You can put the auto-pause thing in there. Because, Brant, you'd be playing for 15 minutes on the Virtual Boy, and it would just pause the game, and it would tell you to take, give your eyes a break. <laughs> My brother and I would take it off the stand and, and lay backwards <laughs> on the bed and use the controller that way. That's how I played it, too, was just laying in bed. Yeah. And it was a if you look at the controller, it's like a precursor for the GameCube controller. It was, yeah. it was a very comfortable controller. That was probably one of the better things about it. Uh, but that is Virtual Boy Go, I believe is the name of it, on Oculus Quest 2 and... Um, I would say I've had so much fun with the Quest 2, but if it broke and that's the only thing that worked, then I was stuck with a Virtual Boy with a complete library. I'd be okay because it's a that's a pretty cool thing to have. And Wario Land is so fucking good. It's so good. And I wish I, I know at the time we were all wishing to get some of those games on 3DS, like Mario Tennis and Wario Land. That's, that's about it. And there was a shooter I played. I think it was a Hudson soft shooter. It wasn't bad, but uh, there was a plane. There was a plane shifting on that where you would have like missiles and upgrades and things like that on the top part, and then you could drop down, so you'd see you would see the the ship and the enemies and all that on the bottom. I forgot the name of that one, but that one that one wasn't bad either. I might give that one some more time. Highly recommend both of those. Uh, the only other game I played is The Legend of Dragoon on uh, PlayStation 1. Uh, Brant has been talking about this and hyping it up. And my only experience with this is having gotten it in 2002, maybe. And uh, my brother and I were playing it one night like we do every RPG. We started it. And um, he fell asleep, and I was in the prison. And I was like, ah, we'll pick this up later. Because I, I didn't want to go far and experience it without him. That's I've, that's, I've been hung up on that with games for a long time. I was I always want to experience them with people. It's that to me is the most fun. Um, so I fired this one up. Here come my kids. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get into this thing. And I think, I think I sent Brandon a picture of this, yep. but they really got into it. You know, the start of it. And there's a great full motion video that starts off. Um, and unlike maybe some of the final fantasy nine ones did this, but there's voice acting in the FMVs on legend of the Groon. It's like a, it's like you're watching a legit movie. And as I'm playing this, there's parts in this game that this game should not have run on PlayStation 1. Like, there's no freaking way. It is so gorgeous. It pulls off after you leave uh, probably the second area. Like, I was trying to cross this uh, river, and there's, like, water flowing through this. You know, we talk about water in video games. Brent, you remember this? You have to, like, chop down a tree. Mm -hmm. This water flowing by is beautiful. I just stopped for a minute. I was like, oh, my God. 
And I know it's just, you know, it's just a graphic over the the pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff like that. So think, you know, there's some Resident Evil in this. There's some Final Fantasy VII. It's that era of uh, 3D graphics over uh, the pre-rendered. I think they said there's 1,800 panels or something like that in this game. 1,800 screens. Might be 8,000. I, I read a, I read a like a media brief thing on it for when it came out. Uh, some of the writing is weird with these characters. Uh, there's some <laughs> awkward exchanges, I guess. I don't know if yeah. that's translation or Translation's what. Translation's bad. Um, there's a okay. famous scene on the fourth disc when you go into in the fireplace in the chimney and check it out. It just spits out gibberish. Oh, really? But some of the, some of it they did like machine translation and they never went back and cleaned it up. Okay. It's a it it's their tra- their localization of that game has been rough. But uh. The, the guide I was going to loan Brant. <laughs> I'm using the guide. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. It gives me uh, hints on, you know, it tells me where to go to get items. Like, don't forget to do this. Take this path to grab this. And I, I've, I, I played RPGs like that back in the day. And I enjoy, and it doesn't, there's not spoilers on anything. So it's just, you know, it's just saying, go grab this, go grab that. Or a boss, it'll say, take out the two guys on the side first and then take him out, which is, I guess that's video game 101. But, and it's, it's been so much fun going back to a like a simple RPG, I guess, like back to basics, back to mm-hmm. it has so much soul to it. Uh, it took me three hours to learn that my best healing is going to be to guard. So yep. there's been battles where somebody's about to die and I'm down to like one bat or something. And I just heal everybody. Heal, heal, heal. He attacks. Heal, heal, heal. The bat attacks. Heal, heal, heal. And I, I get everybody up. Then I take out the bat. So there's there's kind of a, a side game to guarding and healing everybody because I thought there would be some spells. Um, the additions are a lot of fun. I think it adds a lot to battles instead of just kind of hitting X and seeing it play out. Uh, the the enemy counters got me a couple times because what you'll do is you're as you level up your additions they're they're timing based. So you hit X, you'll go to attack the enemy, and a a reticle is closing in and you have to mash it at the right time. Yeah, think I think like rhythm game, rhythm game like, slash yeah. QTE. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm furious when I miss them. I'm furious because I'm like, oh, I just wasted because I'm usually debating like, okay, do I want to have Lavitz give somebody an item? Should I guard? No, he's a weapon. Let me let me (laughs) use him. And then he gets like four damage because I fuck up the harpoon or something. I'm just like, I hate missing those additions. Yeah. But like what you're saying, they you start off and you you may have. um one of those little reticles coming coming down to the to the square because what it is is a square and it mm-hmm. kind of comes down and you have to time that hit yep. um just right and it starts out there's always it's usually just like one maybe two that you have to hit and then as you get different attacks they grow in complexity they they change the timing you may have several you know, three, four, uh, six hits in, uh, in one attack. Yeah. I hope that's powerful if you land all that. <laughs> oh, but, but I was saying the enemy can counter. So all of a yeah. sudden you'll not have that purple X. You'll have the, was it orange or reddish? It's a, it's a like circle. the reddish circle. Yeah. Yep. You'll have that. that. And then if you mess that up, they attack you. You fail your attack. And it's not, like, yeah, oh, they God, knock you man. out of the addition. Yep. They kick you out and damage you at the same time. But it's, uh, I, I don't a knock on this game that I was reading about was a lot of the random encounters. I know that was that's been such a big thing recently. We want to see people on the map. We don't want random encounters. I grew up with random encounters. It's fine. 
Yeah. That's RPGs for me. It's not a, you know, is it still like that in Pokemon? Can you see the things on Pokemon? Or do you uh, get the... In, 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 a lot of the games. The trainers. In, in like, in like, what was it? I think it was Pokemon Go and then, or, or Pokemon Let's Go and then um, Sword and Shield. You could see the Pokemon like yeah. in the grass and They're stuff. But even, okay. even with the uh, brilliant... Diamond and Pearl is... Yeah, random. Diamond Pearl remake. It's just like old school Pokemon. You walk in the grass and it's a random yeah. encounter. I guess the fun of that is like, what's it gonna? It's a gotcha game, right? When that yeah. goes off, it's not. Oh fuck! I'm trying to get to that treasure chest. I don't want. I don't want to fight you right now. Uh, the characters are immediately like uh, Dart has saved Lavitz. Dart is trying to find who killed his parents. I got a little bit of backstory on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're after Shauna, is how I'm pronouncing her name. They yep. broke her out of the prison, hell in a prison. Um, even those, it's not a cutscene. It's uh, it's like a pre-rendered movie. It's using the in-game graphics. But even those, when they play out, they're they're really well done. Like they yeah. escape this prison and there's Lav- even... Lavitz is on a horse and jumping across the bridge. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Even with some of that like polygonal jank that's in there, a little, yeah, a very little bit. Like that that scene where they escape the prison, they escape mm-hmm. on some horses, and the horses are very rigid, but yeah. like. The rest of everything that's going on, it's like, eh, it's it's pretty, yeah. actually pretty good, you know? And we've seen those horses, like, that was one of the first movies you see, is you see, like, a group of the the soldiers from this empire that's attacking mm-hmm. everybody that's, I guess they blew off a truce, seems to be the big part of the story so far. And we're trying to get to the other king and inform him. This is where uh, Lavitz is from. Uh, but you see those horses, like, and it's just the screen shaking, and you hear the sound, and... You know, there's not a lot of polygons in the horses, but you can make out what they are and they're moving. And uh, there's a part where you're going through the plains and there's a horse in a pasture and you can walk up to it and it neighs at you. So there's like these these just great touches and charm. And it's a it's a Final Fantasy for PS1. It's it's one of those. And it, they did a great job at it. I know it had a huge budget and it took like four years and mm-hmm. it sold better here than Japan. Did y'all know that? It was like a bust over there. It's crazy. Yeah. Like three hundred thousand. We hit a million, and we hit a million in uh, pretty quick, or nine hundred something thousand, because it went uh, platinum hits. My the first time I encountered it was at a store kiosk, like looking up at one of the TVs. You know, it was it was on one of those demos because I thought it was a Final Fantasy. Uh, Shauna, she doesn't have any additions. She has a bow. I just upgraded her bow. I'm in the town of Bale, so I've gone through like two or three areas. Um, it's fun. Uh, my kids sat and watched it, and I read the I read the parts to them, you know, as the people are speaking, and they're asking me questions, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, Dad, where's he where's he going? Is that person dead? I'm like, I, I just read you, uh, they fell over. Let me go see. He's gone now. Is what it says. <laughs> so I read it to him, but it's you know, it's it's awesome, and I, I've gotten further in this game than I ever have. I've I've got six hours in, seven hours in. Mm-hmm. I'm not having to grind. I haven't really. Dart died in that first boss battle. There's like a there's a warden of the prison. I called him Frugal. I don't know if that's the right. Yeah, name. it is. It's it's fear yeah. Frugal. Dart, <laughs> senior Frugal. Dart died because I didn't know the guard thing was going to be my major healing source. I'm like, surely I'm going to heal at some point. And then you, in this yeah, town, you have of, items and you have guard. Yeah. And later gets, on, later on, you get like one character that's like a main healer and then there's a couple other abilities that a few other characters get that can heal yeah. but guards your best 
I really uh, like the guard mechanic once I start, because I don't usually yeah. do that in RPGs and games like that. I'm like offense. I never do buffs and you know D spells and unless I have to. Like I know yeah. somebody is gonna throw poison or something like that. I make sure everybody has the spell equipped or whatever it is. But um, that's like a legit strategy with this game is you use guard and it it take it cuts it heals you and it cuts out like half of what they're gonna attack you with the next go around. So it's that's a really good element to it. It's awesome, man. It, uh, there's real, like when you go in and out of houses in the villages and things like that. There's fogs and like smoke effects and uh, like if there's a fire in a fireplace, like there's a flickering fire. They did some crazy stuff with the with the backgrounds and things that are happening in the game. It's it's beautiful. And I was I'm humming the soundtrack. Uh, Brent <laughs> Brent called me out. The, I love the menu music, and I love the, um, it's like Fields of Green or something like that. It's your first yeah. world map theme when you move. So the world map is kind of linear, but you're just moving from place to place, and you can be attacked on the world map. Yeah. And you can save on the world map. Okay, this is my last point, and I'm done with my games play. So I'm playing on lunch break, right? And I'm playing on PS2 hardware on CRT. So I've got, oh, Brant, another side story. My memory card has like four... Uh, saves that are still on there and then like six blocks that say corrupted data so i've got oh, to do no. i've got to do the <laughs> but it's like a backup this isn't my yeah. main i'm almost scared to pop in my main one but i've got to go ahead and do that with your uh, memory card converter so i have them backed up yeah but uh so i'm trying to say i'm looking at my clock my lunch break is almost up and i'm nowhere near like i'm nowhere near a save space and i fought a boss i'm trying to get out of i think i was in the i was either in the prison or the cave i was trying to get out of the cave i think I fought this snake and I still have to get out of this cave. There's no save state. There's no save space in sight. You know, it's kind of like Final Fantasy VII where you have to find a reticle and go up to it and then you hear a noise and you can open up your menu and save with that dope-ass menu music. And so I'm looking at the clock, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, man, I'm pushing this. Down. I can't do this. And uh, I was like, you know what? I cut the TV off. I left the PlayStation going and I went upstairs for two hours and until I could take another break and come back down and, and like sprint to the world map. I didn't know you could save on the world map. I should know that from Final Fantasy games and other RPGs, but oh man, I was like, I was like damn it. this You can't just save anywhere and I can't put this thing in rest mode. <laughs> True old school. Uh, but I'm excited to go through some of these PS1 RPGs that have been in my backlog for going on 30 years now so that's gotta it's gotta come about i guess it's more like 20 years 2025 but uh they hold up uh, like we've said uh good games good atmosphere good story good art design art design is key these characters yeah. are beautiful they're semi well written i love the bromance with dart and lavitz <laughs> they he saved lavitz so they're just like they're bros immediately because he broke him out of prison yeah. even though he tried to fight him so it's good when you, when you're investigating some of the cells in the prison, the the people have uh, quips that they'll, you know, I'm going to die in here. And then you talk to them again, they say something totally different. And it's just, man, tons of charm. It's, it's what I think it's why we play these these type RPGs. I'm loving it. It's so good. Uh, that my takes on those. Yep. Those are my games playing. Uh, that was Virtual Boy Go and Oculus Quest 2. Legend of Dragoon for PlayStation 1. And what else did I play? I fixed some Xboxes. Two in the wagon, 13 Dragon. <laughs> it's fun, though. I really enjoyed it. It felt good to... I, As both of y'all know, I'm not doing as much PC repair as I was. And I was hankering like that tear down and putting all my stuff, labeling all my stuff and laying it out and doing all that kind of thing. So 
Uh, if y'all want to do that with your Xboxes, I will kindly guide you through the process and use my tools. It is a lot of fun. But, Sarsar, what have you been getting to, sir? Uh, for me, I talked about it a little bit last week. Um, went through the entirety of uh, Police Knots. Police Knots. And uh, completed or that. PlayStation or Saturn? Which version did uh, you play? I did the Saturn version. Saturn version. Um, that was the, because I think the original one was what? Sega CD, PC eighty eight, and then they did the three DO, and then he did the PlayStation, and then he did the Sega Saturn one, which was like the compilation of like the completion of everything on there. It was never on Sega CD. I'm thinking of Snatcher. Snatcher was on Sega CD, and then it was on PlayStation, and then it was on Sega Saturn. Uh, there's even a bit in the Sega Saturn version where it says "Thank you for your patience before you start the game." I guess it was a call out to the people <laughs> who, who got that version last. Oh. Um, but essentially, I, I played in the, the Polymega. Um, I was able to load up all three discs in there. Um, the good thing about the Polymega is that you're able to boot it up with uh, enhancements. So I was able to use save states throughout the whole experience. Nice. Um, which makes it a lot of it easier. Especially there's there's certain parts in the game where you die and, and it takes you way 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 back. Um. <laughs> So what, what this is game a, is what is a death in that? What would it, what happens that will kill you in the? Because it, uh, it looks like a visual novel type thing to me. I'm gonna keep that information to myself because some oh. of that is a spoiler. So if you okay. guys want to play it, and it's really cool when you die in there because it changes the story a little bit. But I can hmm. tell you if you want me to tell you. Nope. But we're good. Move along. So um, I'm gonna be very very careful here. Um, I'm gonna go very lightly on this story because uh, I'm assuming you guys want to play it. So, uh, story-wise, you play as Jonathan Ingram, who is a uh, police knot, who, during his mission on Mars, when they were building the first uh, colony, um, an accident happens, and he is launched into space. Uh, he's not rediscovered later until 30 years later. In the future, uh, where he was in a, basically, some kind of type of bubble where he's preserving his life. Um, and so due to the magics of space, he hasn't aged today. So he's still 25 years old when he found him 30 years later. He's 55 years old, but he looks like he's 25 naturally. Uh, so you flash forward to the, which is what they call the current time in that game, whatever it is. And he's back on a uh, home, which is what they call for earth. Um, and they call their colony beyond. Um, that's what they call the colony out there. So he's on, he's on home. Uh, he works as a, uh, a negotiator. Of sorts where he's working on kidnappings and um hostage situations he's like a like a private eye type person but he works primarily with that one uh lorraine ingram his ex-wife shows up and she's looking for her husband who went missing on beyond um i can get in the backstory about that but if you're gonna play it you'll figure out why they're why they're divorced and why she got remarried that's part of the story is mostly majority of the story in there too so uh, reluctantly, he takes the case and ends up leading him to beyond so he can investigate what happened to her husband. Uh, it basically, the the story goes into this whole thing where it starts off with drugs and turns into something very huge in the back end. And it it, it makes sense and is very entertaining. And it's uh, the characters look very much like Lethal Weapon characters, very much that <laughs> like Jonathan Ingram is Mel Gibson and Ed is Donald Glover. Uh, there's no doubt in there whatsoever. <laughs> um, 
but the stories and, and everything, the way it's done is done differently. Now, I think they call this like an interactive adventure or something like that. I forgot it says on there on the CD, I forgot what it's called. But um, when the game starts up, uh, the prologue and the epilogue are on disc one. And then everything else is on disc two and three. So when you start the game up for the first two hours, it's disc one. And then when you beat the game, you got to reinsert disc one, which is funny to me. But um, to see the ending. But um, as as you go through, uh, the game is very much uh, done like a movie. So you know how movies tend to do top heavy in the beginning where they try to feed you this information and build upon the story. Uh, so when you start out the game, you're uh, it gives you like a encyclopedia so it gives you a whole bunch of fucking terminology uh a lot of it is recognizable to today because it's prevalent to today believe it or not it wasn't prevalent when it was made back in 1990 it was still futuristic Hmm. um as you go through it gives you like a dictionary such to identify everything and kind of follow the story along and then you can click through there and kind of interact and everything just to build upon the world and as you slowly in the beginning it it builds upon the world it slowly turns into a more action-focused game so you then you'll get the very beginning in the prologue, you'll get some information. Then you have your first gun battle. Uh, and then it, then you go to Beyond, which is like uh, the colony, which looks just like the fucking Citadel from Mass Effect. <laughs> and also looks like Same music uh, and it looks like any other Gundam's colony they have in Gundam, where it's always a, a spear thing. And it's like, it's just, it, that's what it's, it's, the premise is based off of. And so... Uh, as you go through, you'll you'll tend to have more action in there, and and there's like a lot of story bits to take from movies. So like there's a there's a bit in there where he goes around shooting his gun at everything, and it's like it's the fucking lethal weapon stuff. It's like I can't have you in this town blowing everything up. Turn in your gun. Turn in your badge. You know, like that that whole bit's in there. You know, give me your gun. Uh, but they got some nice twists in there that goes on there. But and then as you go to the end of the game, and then you hit the you hit the pivot of the story and it and it starts to go down. It's a straight action. You don't get no more story. They just it's gun battle after gun battle after gun battle. Um, it's very the, satisfying. The and there's one motherfucker who will not die. And I'm like, he's like any other movies from the nineties. It's like, you're sitting here like I shot this dude like 90 times and he's still alive. And it's like, and he, he didn't even get him at the end. He, he, he does something else. And it's like, it's just like, what a bitch movement, but it's like anything they do in, in the movies as well. So I'm like, I, I had a blast. Um, I, I like Meryl a lot in this game than I did in Metal Gear Solid a lot more. Um, I know, I mean, I know she, she was, they moved her character in the Metal Gear Solid because, you know, how well received she was in Police Knots. Uh, but, um, and I mean, her, her backstory in Police Knots was she worked for Foxhound and participated in Zanzibar <laughs> land. So it's like, it's the same bullshit. So it's like, Could that was her backstory. And then she just happened to, like, there was nothing left for me on home. So I went and ended up coming to the colonies. So that that's what happened with her, but um, but how uh, the yeah. gun battles play out because I know you can play it with like mouse and gun. Well, how does that work? Uh, I did it in mouse mode. So like uh, the way that the emulator works is when you open the, the Poly Mega, you can have it on digital, and you can also go in there and change it to analog. Analog changes it to mouse mode, so I'm able to use the joystick, the left joystick, to just hover around and aim, and it's very easy. Um. I think I didn't try this, but I think if you do controller mode, you can pretty much get through the game without a gun. Um, if you use the L or right trigger, it auto aims. So if you just oh. kind of tap it back and forth, you can auto aim the character, just kind of go through to get through the story. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's some bitch stuff in there. When you do some of the battles in there, you'll see it in there. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's fucking lethal weapon. Uh, it, it out lethal weapons is good. I, I liked it better in lethal weapon three or four. So, and I'm, I've always been a big fan and advocate of the lethal weapon movies. So I enjoyed it much more total recalls in there. 
a little bit of aliens in there. It's like a love letter to all those types of sci-fi action films from the 80s and 90s. It's, it's unadulterated. It's it's all in there. It's 100%. I mean, pure. Um, yeah. 100%. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. The, the only weird thing in there is like, um, I'm going to go ahead and mention it. I just thought it was weird now to places like literally Jonathan Ingram can fondle every girl's breast in that game. So it's like, uh, that is an option. And it, I, I saw it there the first time and I was like, eh, let me just see it, what it is. And then I literally, when I talked to every other female, it's a continuous option on there. I'm like, I'm, I'm over it. So I was like, uh, it was really weird. Not a place. Wow. Uh, that was the only one on there. Um, I think I read online that it was more uh, held back by Sony because I think this, there was an actual article that said Kojima got in an argument with the, the head of Sony in Japan because he was like, I don't want that shit in my game. And Kojima was like, come on, man. And he's like, he's like, ah, I don't. He's like, no. <laughs> so apparently it was the the unedited versions on the Sega Saturn one, apparently. But um, were, they actually got a credit in the credits uh, for the guy who handled uh, the boob physics is what it says on there in the credits. They actually had a dedicated person for that, which is amazing. Weird. Um, which is also crazy when I watched the credits, like Hideo Kojima was on, like everything, like the 2D animation, 3D modeling. He had like his hand in like almost every department in that game, as well as directing and script writing. So he was messing with all of it. Yeah, he had a, he had some kind of piece in all of it. So, uh, so that that was Police Knots. I uh, played that in entirety and beat that on um, the Polymega. Uh, the other game I fired up uh, also on the Polymega was um, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Yeah. Um, I'm. Tell 10 hours into it. it. Um, all right, I'm going to go over the story here very briefly, just a prologue. I know you guys want to play, so I'm not going to go into detail. Uh, so it starts off as uh, Edge, and then some of the people call him Edge Coon. But um, he is a mercenary that is guarding an excavation site, which they are using to dig up relics from the ancient age. And he's hired by the Empire. And then all of a sudden, there's a gentleman named Craven who randomly shows up when they discover something. Like, there's a woman that is frozen in a rock, and they found a dragon. Once they find it, some dude called Craven randomly shows up, and he decides to declare war on the Empire. He was somebody who was in the Empire. He's rebelling against them. So he ends up taking the girl and the dragon and flies off and kills everybody in Edge's team. Uh, Edge just gets this whole... He falls down in a, a ravine, and he ends up finding his own dragon. Uh, and then that's where you start the whole process on there. And so the whole basis of the game, without going into details, is that you have the um, uh, the Empire. They're all looking for this thing called the Tower, which was what destroyed the ancient age originally. Hmm. So now it's like a three-way race to the Tower. So like you have Edge, who's racing for the Tower to stop everybody. You have Kraven to race to the Tower to do whatever he wants to do with the Tower. And then you have the Empire that's racing to the Tower, take control. So it's an ultimate power they're all going for. So now you're in a three-way race to see who gets there first. Um, and that's basically the basis of the story. There's more to it, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, the battle system is probably one of the best battle systems I ever played. I've never Damn. played anything like this in an RPG before. Um, it's, uh, it stays true to the Panzer the Dragoon games. You have your laser, you have your gun attacks from the character. Mm -hmm. You have, uh, something called a berserk. I think it's called berserk power, which is like, a what they call magic. Um, and then they do, these do like ultimate attacks and they variate. So I'll get into more detail about that later. So when you start out the game, there's a, the whole battle system takes, uh, three ATB bars is active time battle. Um, you pause that. it when you do, do your, um, your choices. So if you use your gun is one ATB bar, if you use your lasers is two ATB bars. And then there's some attacks that uses three. So when you choose your options, you freeze the battle, but it moves quickly. You gotta be quick. 
And so when you it's in the whole battle system is in a circular three, it's all 3D. So when you're facing one direction, there's a radar on the map and you can go in all 360 directions depending on and attack a different side. That's cool. So as you go through the battles, there's going to be what they call danger zones, which is going to be cones in red, which means you'll take the most damage. It's a danger zone. You stay out of it. There's going to be a neutral zone, which is no color. And then there's going to be a green zone is where it's your safe zone. So if you want to sit there and build up your ATB bars is where you want to hide at. So different enemies will tend to change the battle up and pull you into different zones. So if you try to stay out of the red zone, they'll pull you in there. Um, mm. Typically, your red zone has your weakness. So when you go in there, you'll see something that indicates there's a weak point in that enemy. And that's where you use certain attacks to attack them and get them. Um, as you go through the game, your lasers level up to unlock different treasure chests, uh, like treasure chests and all that. They're all locked by lasers in different areas of the game that kind of slow you down. Uh, you have to get to a certain laser level. And those are predetermined as you go through V-bosses. Your, your dragon evolves. And so after maybe oh. about, after your second uh, digi-evolution or your dragon evolves or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, you can actually change your attributes for your dragon. So you can choose them to go all power. Choose them all goal defense, all magic, or all speed. And the problem is there's caveats. So if you go all power, then it drops your magic. If you go all speed, it, it drops your defense. Paper, rock, scissors. Yeah, and you can kind of like, it's like a whole circular graph, so you can kind of like rotate to where you can get max out your power and defense and then lose out on something else. So it's like, it gives you enough room to play with it. So if you're if you if you if you're that player that plays with more attack and you just want to fire off your lasers and not do too much in the magic, then boop. Buff out your attack. If you get into a hard boss battle, buff up your defense. You know, you change it up depending on what you get into. Uh, there's a lot of variety when you when you do it in there. Uh, so the the battle system is, is probably the most entertaining thing in there because like every battle is different. Every enemy has a different weakness. Every boss battle is uh, there's some times where I'm just having I'm I'm having a ball because I'm just going around and trying to find their weakness and then like I'll die and then I'll go back in there. Oh, that's where it was. You know, fuck. Mm. But then when I get it, it's easy. So. They rate every one of your battles. So you have excellent, good, very good, average, and close call. And so depending on which one you Interesting. get, they give you uh, experience. So if you get excellent, you get more experience. If you get close call, you get less experience. Oh. So you get penalized. And all that is depending on how much damage you take and how long you take to finish the battle. There's a lot of aspects in this game. It's, it's nothing like I've ever played before. Uh, I would be happy if somebody correct me and I would play that game. And they'd be like, yeah, this game plays like it. I've never played an RPG like this. Never. Games like Panzer it, Dragoon Saga. It is very, very good. And it looks good. It it, it looks good, believe it or not. I mean, it, I, you can't really tell that on their faces, but it, it did a pretty good job, like, on just the whole world and everything on there. The, there's an overworld map. It's very linear. Um, the game seems very dead in the beginning, but then you go into your first uh, village, and I'm in, in, I'm in the town of Zoa right now, and... There's different districts where, like, there's the holy district, there's a liberal district, and then there's, like, I had to get in there, and there's, like, different characters, and there's different things going on in there. So, like I said, I don't want to go in too much detail about it. But, like I said, I'm, I'm at the end of the third disc. Um, I don't think the first disc, is, I mean, the fourth disc is much in there. So, I think the game's not that long. It's, like, a 15-hour game. It's easy to get through. Wow. Uh, like I said, I've only, I got 10. I probably got, like, five more hours in there. But that's probably my most enjoyable thing is the battle system in there. I, I truly like just going to fucking around and just getting in different maps and just getting into the battles. And and I think I'm like level 30. I've just there was one time I was going around just leveling up because it was fun to me. So I was like, that's I, a you know that that's a good sign. yeah. Ran, yeah are they all, random random encounters? They are random encounters. Um, but they they when I seen it, you typically get more when you first start up in the level, and as you you knock them down, they tend to taper off. I seen it, and then that's like when I'm trying to level up. 
I was like, man, I'm, I'm going around for five minutes and there's no battles. So it's like, it's yeah. kind of like they load up on that map and then whatever you get them all kind of like papers it off. Out some, yeah. yeah. Cause then you have to go get out and go back in there and it kind of like resets the, whatever counter they're using. So how's the music? Excellent. It's very good. Uh, there, there is very memorable. I like it a lot. Um, battle music's great. Uh, the town of Zoe's music is good. The campground music's on there. I mean, I bought that soundtrack at the same as you from I am a bit. So, uh, that music is, is top oh, that remaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did amazing on that that remastered soundtrack. It's so good. It's it's something you know. It, if I didn't have a way to play like this, I I think it warrants a thousand dollar purchase, man. It's it's up there. Ooh, it, it's up there. It's is one of the one of the most unique games I've ever played. It's really really good. It's really good. It looks good, man. I, I've been taking screenshots this whole time. I can't wait to. I'm gonna post it on Twitter when I beat it. It's, I've been taking so many screenshots. There's so many good looking stuff in Damn. there. I've I've been having a blast with this game, man. And the story's good. I wish I can tell y'all more about the story, but I, like I said, I'll let y'all experience it. It's really, really good, man. It's some there's something about that game, man. It I really it is. I looked it up recently. I don't feel as bad about what I paid for it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's double yeah. since you paid for, I believe, or at least yeah. almost. Yeah. But it, I, it it warrants it, man. I, I think it does. There should it really be some does. other way to play this, and I'm not saying you know an ISO on Polymega. There should be a better way, a more accessible way to play this. There's not an official one. I mean, the the only easiest way was the one where they took the the, the cotton games with the Saturn emulator and somebody hacked it and they were dropping Saturn ISOs in the Nintendo Switch. So uh, and then it played Panzer Dragoon fine. They were just tossing ISOs in there, like any set any Saturn game you were able to play it on the Switch. So you just have to mod your Switch. Basically, yeah, yeah. You just have to ha- you just have to have a copy of that um that cotton game. That was it, and you can have a digital copy of it. And, once you mod it, you can just swap out ISOs. Basically, that's all the cotton game is, is a emulator running the ISO of that game. So Yeah. That was um, a well-done emulator, too, right? Didn't we talk about this a couple months ago? They, it was really rough in the beginning, but they've been yeah. patching the hell out of it. So, um, But the one on the Polymega, I haven't had any issues with it whatsoever. So there, there's no slowdown or anything like that. So. But yeah, yeah, man, that game is really fucking good. I'm, like I said, I'll probably pop on and play it once we're done with here, man. Because I, like I said, I'm on the next part where I got to get through this... Uh, the Empire's Air Force Base, which is like fucking huge, and I'm like, I gotta look for. You're the, flying around. You're flying the dragon around. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and a full 3D environment, and like I said, the battle system's good, man. It it it, it looks overwhelming because when you start out the battle system, it gives you like this whole tier of like a tutorial on how to do it. And I'm looking at, it, I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna want to do all this shit. But like, I, I went through it and took the time with it, and it's like, it's not hard. It's like once yeah. you get the, the hang of it, it's easy, man. And like, it's. Some of the enemies and now I'm finding now I'm trying to figure out their their weak spots for like throwing bombs and, and like they're decimating me now so like I have to go back in there because I think I died before we jumped on here and I was like oh, I'll fuck with it later because I got to figure out how to, to get on there. Um, like I said, my only complaints is that there's not really I mean there's some side quests in there to get some items but they don't really do anything. So like I got an amulet from helping some girl in the in the village but it, it, when I looked on it it doesn't do shit. So it's like there there's some stuff on this game where they kind of like it looks like they ran out of time or something like that. They, they got to wanted a point to do they more. Had to publish. Yeah, they yeah had to get and they were out. like, uh, there's some stuff there that they, that you tell they wanted to do more with, but you know, that, that was when, you know, Sega was, what well, 98 was when they're going through the rough patch right there. So they were already mm-hmm. getting ready to do Dreamcast at that time. It was a 98. And, was Dreamcast 98 in, in Japan? Like late 98? I can't remember. I know 90, it was a year later for us. They got uh, it in 98. We got it 99.99. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they were, at that point, they were, they were just pushing out Panzer because I think they, that came out like early 98. But, That's um, Sega of Japan, Sega of America screwed us 100. Yeah, Sega of Japan screwed us. Remember, they were like they were done with hardware, so and everybody else wanted to keep going with it. But uh, 
Sega Japan's like, nah, software's where it's at. Just put on other consoles. But um, but yeah, it's 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 a hell of a game, man. It really is. That is uh, awesome. Like I said, I'm, I'm just going through right now, just crushing uh, a bullshit off my list that I've always talked about to this day. Like I'm gonna play it one day. I'm, fuck it, I'm going through and playing it right now. I'm in so. I'm in the same boat. I'm doing those type yeah. things. It feels good. Just go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be done with that soon. And the other one on my list was, and I, I talked about it last week, was a uh, Sukihime, which is um, and I, I I'm gonna give you the story in this one because I'm not really worried about ruining it because they've done like a remake on PS4 and Switch, and they kind of took the story in a different direction, so it's not exactly the same thing. Okay. So like a director's uh, cut. Uh, it's like a re-envisioning or some shit like that or something, something like that. So I don't want to take too much time with it, so I'm gonna do a brief uh, go over with it right here. So. So uh, this game is you have um, five different routes. So you have what they call the first two, which is what they call the near side of the moon. And then you have the last three, which is called the far side of the moon. So right now I'm in the near side of the moon and I did the first route with um, Arsade. So you play as a, and I brought, I mentioned this last time. So you play as a Shiki Tono who, as a kid who got into an accident, who's able to see these lines of death uh, that he can cut along and kill people. So as you go through the story, he ends up, um, they moved him out to like his aunt and uncle or something like that because of the trouble he caused. And then so all of a sudden, like his father passed and then his sister called him back into the mansion. And so he's going back to his old life. And I guess he has to live this prestigious lifestyle because it's like the richest family in town or some bullshit like that. Something that his, his sister had to go through. She holds a grudge against him because, you know, he didn't have to be, she wasn't under like a magnifying glass like she was. Mm. So as he's basically dealing with this new re reacclimating his life and he ends up uh, seeing a girl with blonde hair out in the streets. He follows her home and then has this impulse for, I mean, he was attracted to her for some reason, but he follows her home and had this impulse to kill her for whatever reason. He didn't know why. So he walked up to her apartment and then sliced her into 17 different pieces and then um, just left her there. And then he ended up going back home went, and went to like, he passed out went, and he got blood all over him. He passed out in the park and he woke up in bed and he didn't know what happened. So you flash forward in the morning and then she's still alive. She's sitting there waiting for him at the crosswalk and like chases him down. And so you come to find out that she's a, um, a vampire um, that's in town that's looking for another vampire. And so he, she was trying to figure out what he did to do that to her. And he's like, he didn't even know why he had that murderous intent against her. He, it just happened. He's never killed anybody before. So she, apparently she took all this damage. So they decide that, you know, he, since he was responsible for weakening her, because it, it took all her energy to heal up, uh, that he he would help her hunt down this this vampire, and then you go into this deep backstory. So she's what they yeah. call a true ancestor, which is an original vampire that I guess was born. And they have what they call the dead apostles, which is uh, vampires that were converted. Uh, the dead apostles uses like zombies, and and they're the ones that are what they like Dracula type stuff, where they go around suck blood and all that for power and whatnot. Supposedly the true ancestors never drunk they never drink blood, so. She's there to hunt down this dead apostle. Um, so basically, you play this, you help her out, and you try to hunt down this person uh, as you go through, uh, trying to locate them. So like you end up, at some point, you find out more about her backstory where you know she lives this life where all she does is hunts vampires. She, she wakes up, she kills this guy, and then goes back to sleep until he reincarnates again. So this guy apparently is what they call the the church calls the great reincarnator or something like that. So. He's a vampire who doesn't die. He he basically finds another candidate that can host his soul, and he marks them. So that way, when he's when he's killed in the real world, he gets reincarnated again and just continues to live. 
So that's why she's in endless cycle because she has to hunt and kill this person down. So she kills him. He gets reincarnated. She goes back to sleep until he reawakens again and kills him. It's like every 20 years. So he figures that, that part out in there. So like, basically you go through this whole bit where it goes to the end where he, he ends up killing him and he finds out more about his powers. And I think she explains it to him. It's like, they all, they go into details about magic circuits, which is kind of like nerve endings in your body, which are pertain to different magic for him. Like he's one of those type deal. Hmm? Like a chakra points. Yeah. Except his one is what they call his is called the, the mystic eyes of death perception. He can see what they call like the um, Akashi records where they, the, that, that philosophy where every beginning has an ending already decided. As soon as you're born, your, your death is already decided as soon as you're born. So he has the, the ability to see the ending in everybody so he can end everybody. So like when he, that's all he sees is the death. All he sees is death. So he has to wear these glasses to filter out the lines because if not, it drives him insane because all he can see are the points where people die. And so, and it's not something that he wanted. It was, just, he was just born with it and it was activating when he was a kid. He it sucks. He has to live with it. So he wears these glasses, which kind of turns it off. So he can take off the glasses and then see them. So like, it's like uh, this uh, vampire he saw had so many death points in there. It took him a while to kill him. So he had to slice them up. But like you go into the details, like, like the guy was a reincarnator was like actually Placed his soul. He, originally, I thought it was the main character that placed his soul in the main character because they tend to go after people with those type of type abilities. But apparently, there's a plot twist where he had a brother that also had the same name as Shiki, but it was like all caps, and he's the one that's the the reincarnator. So it's like he ends up killing his uh, stepbrother. But it's like the one thing about Nasu. This is Nasu's the guy who wrote writes these stories, and they call it the Nasu verse. The different routes. Most people will have a route and say, "All right, this is the ending you get, and this is like the only ending you get." That dude is like, all right, every ending is canon. So, like, I'll go through this story bit, and there's, like, stuff that they leave out that you don't know about. Like, I don't know where he came from or whatnot. Or whatnot. If I take another route and go a different direction, I get some other parts of the backstory. So, it's like, you have to go through the whole game to get the full picture. Oh. And that's why, and, like, that's why every ending is canon, even though technically it couldn't be. He does it like this. They call it the Nasu verse. It's really weird. I can go that's into cool. details about it. Hmm. But it's, it's a bunch uh, of branching threads. Yeah, it's 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 it's, uh, it's worse than the fucking uh, always sunny in Philadelphia with the threads everywhere. It's there's a video that just there's a 30 minute video talking about the different directions that Fate Stay Night went in, and it's a nightmare. I think I showed it to Renee. Renee's like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Because it's like, because he he's sitting there like, because he likes Fate Stay Night. He's like, "All right," he said that ending's right, right? And he's like, "No," and he's like, "All three count." And he's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "What doesn't make any sense?" I was like, "That's the way he does his stories." So yeah. I'm like, I, "That's just the, they call it the Nazi verse for a reason." But um uh. Yeah, my only complaint. And so looking walking off camera, yeah, he's searching he's looking for, something, for something, trying to avoid some dead air here, and he's yeah, coming continue. back. He's, uh, bear with me. He's, uh, he's... We're also filling dead air. <laughs> 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 he's searching. He's searching. He's gesturing. Frantic, frantically. He's searching. Can you describe my franticness, please? He's gesturing. <laughs> he's walking. He's searching. Cesar, that doesn't look like a massive room. You should, <laughs> no. you should have found what it is you're he's, searching he's for. He's setting already. up all the threads right now. <laughs> he's putting putting the tacks in the board and getting the thread out. Cesar, don't push anything. It'll be like the the opening of the mummy when she knocks over all those. Uh, <laughs> I've done that in one of my games. Oh no. Yeah, so I, I can't find the the Tsukihime. I got the remake on PS4. Uh, and then they came out, and then it's like this. Then they came out with a fighting game, and this is the one I showed you last time. This and they call it Melty Blood. Melty Blood. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. 
Arsade, that's the girl I was talking about on there. She's what they call the true ancestor. She's the, the original vampire. And this is Shiki. Uh, that's a doll version of him, or that's really nobody can see this on the on the, the podcast part, so I'm gonna skip over the rest of this part. So okay. these are the other 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 uh, arcs you can take and find out about the backgrounds. Like that's his sister, that's the maids, and then that's his uh, girl that works for the church. Because when the vampires, they're also being hunted by the church, apparently. And so they're called they're called the church, and they the church usually goes after the vampires. Yeah. Yeah, and what's funny is like she couldn't do anything until she called into the Pope and he approved it, so she had to wait around. So like, people were dying, <laughs> which is which was crazy to me. Get but the permission of the church. Yeah, and the, the church is also on Face Day night. Uh, but the guy who's in the church in that one was using it so he can get the Holy Grail for himself. Uh, Face Day night's a whole another story. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much the first uh, the first route. Uh, the game I'm going to be honest with you is the the best one that Fari plays the PS4 and the Switch ones, which are not translated. The PC one is translated. The only part that I really hate is the the bullshit sex stuff. Uh, so this is what they. Unfortunately, this is from Type Moon. This is before they got big. I get it. They sold this stuff in cons. They had to put that shit in there to get their story out. It's like you ever heard those bits where like you know the rappers, up and coming rappers are coming out and they make these mixtapes with like classic rap songs and they would interject their own rap songs in the middle of it. That way they can get people like, hey, who was that singer in there? You know, like that's how they. They kind of like spread their their vibe and they're like, I need to know who was in there. You know, he he kind of did the same thing in there. It's like the bullshit sex in there was like just so they can get the story out because the story is really good and it would do without that in there. It's just it's so bad, man. It's it's just written so bad. It's like five pages of them like tongue kissing and I'm like, oh my god, I had to sit there and just skip through it. It's just, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm like I'm sitting here like, oh my god, let this end. And it goes into more details. I was like, oh, that's the part where I had to just go enter, 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 enter until I got to the end of it. Because I was like, I didn't even read it. Because I, I tried, I tried, I really did. I tried for like, like the first page, and I was like, I can't do this. This is, this is garbage. But I get it. They had to do it to sell the game because that's the market it was at. Yeah. Like if you played the PS4 and the Switch ones, like the ones that just redid, that bullshit's not in there because you know they don't have to do that anymore. So it's like they only did it with like the first two games, and after that they kind of like walked away with it. That's my only complaint because it's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, that was it. Was probably the I was like I almost stopped playing the game after that. I was like I don't know if I could do this. I was like yeah. it, it was bad. But yeah, Tsukihime, uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga, and Police Knots. That was everything I played this week. All right, Brent, what, my uh, TED talk. Brent, what 32-bit uh, Dragoon <laughs> RPG did you play? <laughs> um, I pick that up occasionally if I've got some time to kill. Um, like I did. <laughs> when you were working on the yeah. stream is your son um, still playing uh he hasn't picked it back up he's he's playing a few other things at the moment i know that um really. but i i asked him i was like when are you gonna go back to that he's like oh I, I am i definitely need i want to so um over the holiday weekend that we are are granted this upcoming week did you uh, see we have two additional ones this year i did um, but hopefully that time as a family at home, maybe I can encourage him to get in here and, and play it. Um, maybe we can stream something. Maybe we can get a stream together. Heck yeah. But, uh, I have, I still have it on my PSP. I, I started up every now and then, and I'm at a point right now where I'm just, um, I don't have to grind, but I am grinding. Because I'm at a perfect place where... That's when you know the battle system is good, is when you when you like yeah. to grind. 
there's, there's I know a, when I'm uh, trying to get somewhere and I don't run from the fights. Like, yeah. If I'm like, I'll fight them. <laughs> then I'm there's, like, yeah, that's good. But I'm right outside of this area where you can like go next to a campfire and rest and completely heal. So I just walk out of there and battle and battle and battle and don't even worry about guarding or worry about health. Love and those just, spots. Love those I'm, spots. I'm just trying to level up those additions and like level up some of the characters and stuff. Because eventually you you get a, a decent amount of characters, so I'm trying to kind of round everybody out, um, and and level up those additions, um, and gosh, that it's such a good game, even even just grinding there in this little snowy mountain area, it's. Uh, How does it look on PSP? Does it look solid? Oh gosh, it looks yeah. so good, and I mean even some of those sweeps. When it goes next to characters, like I was noticing, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, just when it would sweep next to like Dart, even the textures and stuff, like on his yeah. armor and everything, I'm like, it looks so good. Even for he had a he had a facial expression. Uh, that's that cave I was coming out of the snake. No, it was after the snake battle. Shauna's okay. got something that started glowing, and he was like, "What yeah. is that?" And his face, like the textures, animated on the, you know. It was better than Solid Snake, those Solid Snake faces, but it was, yeah. you know, it wasn't quite, it wasn't PS2, you know, in that pre-rendered thing, but it was, it was descriptive. You knew what he yeah. was doing. It's, uh, it's good. It's one of those, I, I it's hard to put PS2. down. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, uh, there's that, and, and then really my, my... <laughs> I'll play 32-bit uh, Dragoon games. <laughs> uh, we played, um, some Halo Infinite. Yeah, uh, we were trying to to get another type of grind. We were trying to get some of that samurai stuff, which apparently that has already ended. So we we played it Monday, and I got on before we started streaming and played a played a match, and then went and looked at the um, uh, missions and stuff I've got, and mm-hmm. noticed I was like, oh, well, I guess that ended because it's not there anymore. Uh, there's, there's one more, I think, right in February. I think, like, I think the last yeah. one's February, or March, or something like that. Yeah. Be like one more. But um, it's been, gosh, at least a week? A, a week or more, maybe almost two weeks since I've actually played, and I got on there. And our first match, mm-hmm. of course, was a dang fiesta match, and I was uh, by the end of the match twenty seven. Uh, kills with three deaths. What did you go assist. off with? What did you have, dude? <laughs> the sword. What, yeah, once I got the sword and the grapple uh, hook, it was on, and I I continued. I continued to kill with it, and there was even uh, one point where uh, I died, and I was like, ah, dang! And I respawned, and immediately sword and looked down, and I had to grapple hook again. I'm like, the game wants me to win at this point. Because, I mean, it was, you know, I'm in the game room and I've got the door open and he's out in the living room and we're playing. And I just I just checked my score and I was like 11 and 0. I'm like, holy crap, I'm 11 and 0. What is going on right now? Um, Because, you know, all of us, we play for fun. We're not we get competitive in our, you know, individual Halo matches and stuff like that. But we're not. We're not die die hard, yeah. MLG gamer types, or you know anything like that. And we're old dudes cutting loose and talking to each other. 
So just like every time I was like, I'm 11 and 0. I'm 12, 13, 14, 15. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a good round. Just, yeah, I was I like, I, I was like, what is going on? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, you sent us that screenshot. It was gonna go. So you're on a, a different mobile OS than Cesar yeah. and I. So the first thing I got was, guys, I haven't played Halo in a couple weeks. This is my first match back. <laughs> so I knew coming through it was either gonna be some god tier result or you were just gonna get reamed. <laughs> it was gonna be like a one in twenty two. And uh, you went off. It was the it was you being the aggressor. That yeah. was a hell of a round, man. Woo. I'm my, glad you took that screenshot. My next following rounds were actually pretty decent too. And then yeah. we had a match where like they just ran us into the ground. Those it was are fun. it was trash. Did you love those? Where like you you spawn immediately and there's a rocket or something, you know, upside your head or a so, sword. Yeah. Sword or the uh, band, we call it the band hammer. The gra- yeah. I guess it's a gravity hammer. I That's hate that fucking thing. That is one thing is sometimes it, it, it the the where it spawns you or where it chooses to spawn enemy teammates, mm-hmm. it'll spawn you know you next to a small group of them or spawn them you know right around the corner from you, and it's you know it's just a little odd sometimes, um, but it is what it is. Uh, and then really my my latest um, bullshit has been uh, demo discs for the PS1. Oh right. Uh, What's he collecting? Uh, I've I've had the original demo disc I've had for forever, which was the second demo disc, um, which is the one that has. What are these specifically? Is it like a subset? So. I guess they did a couple rounds of them. This this one there were there were two separate demo discs and there was demo disc 1 and demo disc 2 and they did um basically I think it had like a little scratch off card or or something in there and you could win pizza prizes or you could win PlayStation 1 games or uh even a PS1 console um that would have been big um and I think these it says you could win up to five thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars. Um, they had another one, which was the same deal, and it was like two hundred thousand that you Damn. could win from that one. Um, but the one I've I've had for forever is, oh gosh, it's got. Um, <laughs> it's one of the five hundred thousand dollar winners. Yeah. You just had I to wish. redeem it in May 1998. <laughs> it's got uh, one of the Tetris. It's got a Tetris on it. Tetris Plus. Uh, gosh, I can't even read it from it's this. Tetris Plus. So it's got that. Only Tetris on PS1. Um, some Tomb Raiders, Spyro 2, um, Gran Turismo 2, Sled mm. Storm. Mm. Which um, I remember that playing that demo over and over, and eventually, you know, wanting to get Sledstorm and did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did eventually get the first demo disc, which is uh, a another banger of a disc. Uh, it's got CTR on it. Mm. Uh, Crash Team Racing for the uninformed. Ape Escape. Another good one. Final Fantasy uh, Eight. Another good one. Tony Hawk Pro Skater and Cool Borders 4. This is a so good demo disc. Pretty, I would have had, had a good-ass weekend with that disc. It's a pretty solid disc. And some pizza. Um, but that one, 
it's pretty rough. I'm 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 gonna try to look to get it resurfaced. It took a minute. I cleaned it and cleaned it and cleaned it and um just sat there and reset on the uh, the PS1 a couple times. I really need to pop it into the my backwards compatible PS3 and see if I have a different result. But I know um like uh, Crash Team Racing worked on it uh i tried to boot up the ape escape demo and it says something about it being you know an unfinished you know this does not reflect the final product and stuff so i was actually really curious to see how different that is from the actual ape escape but that a preview build type mm -hmm. thing but that one won't that one won't load it it crashes every time oh you have like bad vectors on the disc somewhere so um, yeah i sent you the link for that disc cleaner we're gonna have to get one we're thinking about it Sir, would you want to chip in on a, a commercial disc resurfacer? How much? How much was that thing, Brent? Two fifty or two? I can't. I'd have to look at it again. Um, but yeah, then I got. Uh, I actually got this other one this past week. Uh, the pizza pizza powered PlayStation giveaway, which is the other one I was talking about that has the two hundred thousand. Um, dollar grand prize, I guess. Did you win? No, no, unfortunately. <laughs> what but games this are on one... that one? God, I love demo. De- I'm Jones and hard for that era for some reason, especially playing Legend of Dragoon. And I've been listening to CDs recently from that era. It's just like I, w- I want simpler times right now for some reason. Now, this one has Gran Turismo, Metal Gear Solid. Um, Medieval, mm. uh, Tomb Raider, and Crash Bandicoot Warped. Damn. That disc resurfacer is about 240 is what I, I'm looking at it now. I've seen it bounce up and down. Like, I've seen discounts on it. I've seen it to, sub 200, and I almost jumped. Because all you have to do once you have the machine is is buy those kits. And they yeah. always have those kits available with the sandpaper and the the solution. It's so, probably similar to something that GameStop uses. I know GameStop just yeah. uses like super high volume, you know, whatever their production scale is, where you have that white uh, gooey shit on the inside of your yeah. disc sometimes. We'd get them shipped to us. We had a stock. They had the refurb, the R refurb label on the back of the disc. But I'm glad to, to have those and play those. I, I just I love opening up demo discs and seeing what's on there and seeing how they play. This other one. That. Remember that lot that I bought? All of yeah. the PlayStation Magazine ones? So if you ever want to take a crack at any of those. This other one I found I, I had to buy. Because not only is it a demo disc. Oh, shit. It is Toys R Us. Oh, shit. PlayStation oh, It's, a, it's not an disc. analog controller. What is that going to have on it? That's going to have this, Crash Bandicoot. It's uh, It's got several... Several games. Intelligent um, Cube. It's got uh, it's got some demos and it's got some videos. Okay, what all's on that one? The T Rex. Uh, the T Rex demo. It's got uh, so playable demos. We have Gran Turismo, um, Blasto. Uh, oh, Tekken, Blasto was the Phil Hartman game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. Tekken Three. Tekken Hot. 3 had the the basic controller on the front of it without the... I guess so. I get mixed up with PlayStation 1 timelines sometimes. Uh, Hot Shots Golf. The first one? 
Uh, Jersey Devil. That's a good platformer. Uh, Einhinder. Einhinder. The Einhinder. Uh, yeah, that's the SquareSoft uh, 3D side scroller. That's a good ass game. Uh, Gex Two. <laughs> Is that Enter the Gecko? <laughs> I think so. Uh, Tomb Raider Two. Another good one. And a playable demo of Tomba. Mmm. Hard to find title. And then uh, videos. It's just got a few of these. It's got um, Spyro, Enter the Dragon, um, Metal Gear Solid, uh, NFL Extreme. Oh, Cesar, Cesar told me about the NFL Extreme games. That's how we got off on our Blitz kick. <laughs> Uh, MLB 99 and a video for Resident Evil 2. I think MLB 99 had Chipper Jones on the cover. I think that was the Chipper Jones year. 989 Studios. Studios. God, they had the best. Those CD intros gave you so much more than the freaking oh. 64 cartridges. <laughs> they were great. Like the Naughty Dog. Remember that original Naughty Dog design mm-hmm. with that goofy ass looking dog? Oh, God bless demo discs. Oh, and there is there is something else I'm I'm playing right now, but I'm going to wait. You're under embargo. About it. Yeah, I'm, I'm under embargo. I'm going to wait. I'm trying to I'm trying to finish it. I think I'm close to where this one finishes. So that'd be cool. But that's that's it. All right. We we're just under two hours. Let's get the hell out of here. Tomorrow's yep. a work day. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week, and we will catch you next week. Bye. See ya. Adios.